Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, December 1st. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a Mississippi medical leader responds to the surge as coronavirus transmission in the state continues to worsen. Then, with many students learning virtually this year, the Department of Education is working to shrink the digital divide. Plus, the Mississippi Lottery celebrates its first year. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The coronavirus surge is continuing to worsen in Mississippi as the state has experienced new cases of COVID-19 in excess of a 1,000 for the sixth consecutive day. And for the first time during the pandemic, Mississippi hospitals have surpassed a 1,000 COVID-19 admissions. It's a metric state health officer, Dr. Thomas Dobbs, calls truly serious. Dr. Jennifer Bryan of the Mississippi Medical Association tells our Desiree Frazier she's concerned the holidays will continue contribute more to the current wave of cases and hospitalizations. The virus was already surging, and then on top of that, um, it's hard, you know, as a society to let go of some of our traditions, and people are tired. They're tired of not seeing their their, their loved ones, and so um, many people did travel um, and, and get together. Many people didn't, but unfortunately, the virus um, likes crowds, and, and, and it doesn't really matter where those crowds are. And when we let our guard down, that's when it seems to, to sneak up on us. So we expect these cases to rise and, uh, and to put additional strain on the health care system. We noticed that Mississippi has seen increases in COVID cases. What can we do? I think right now we need to hold out hope. We need to to understand that health is on the way and that the vaccine is coming, but mass distribution continues to be quite a challenge. And so we're going to be looking into, I mean, even though there are some that will get the vaccine, hopefully in, in mid to late December, we're still looking at a mid spring to possibly, you know, early summer timeline, as far as most of us can see us where the general public can, can expect to have access to, to vaccine. And that's, you know, that's best case scenario. And, and so as we look at all of this, it really boils down to our own behavior, and and that is what we have been saying for quite some time now. The goal is not to overwhelm the healthcare system. How do we do that? 
Well, we keep it small. We social distance. We wash our hands. I know we are tired of hearing that, but we know that small groups work. We can interrupt the chain of contagion just by stepping out of line and staying at home and away from other people. Now, that's not impo- not possible to, to lock down completely for most people into their houses. We need to interact. But we can interact in a more safe manner. We, we need to think creatively about how we're going to continue some, some traditions over the next few weeks, but in a safer manner. We've seen a lot of creativity out there as people try to find joy in some really dark times. Yeah, Christmas is coming. Um, there's no statewide uh, mask mandate. Is that an effective way to approach this? You know, MSMA is certainly for everybody wearing a mask. And however we get there, then that's what we think needs to happen. Um, we know the science behind masks are clear, or is clear, that uh, masks help decrease the spread. There is no fail-safe approach. There's no layer of mitigation that's going to be enough for a virus that's contagious. But putting all those things together, avoiding mass gatherings, changing up our holiday traditions or delaying them some, um, getting outside, wearing masks, if we will do those things, we we can affect significant change and blunt at least the impact of the surge that we see staring us in the face. Is um, Right now, we don't see mask wearing at a level in which um, we'd hoped that it would be. But getting 100% buy-in of the public is a lofty goal that's unreachable. So we just continue to educate people that our physicians are tired. Our nurses are tired. Our healthcare workforce is tired. Our hospitals are stretched extraordinarily thin. And it is a simple mask. And we appreciate so much the the community that does buy in and, and that, that are supportive of the work that our healthcare workers are doing. They're doing um, the work of their careers. And and the community that is supporting that effort just it just cannot state enough how important that is and how much it is appreciated. And and that we plead with those who continue to to look for the conspiracy or to, to not believe to just just tone some of this down and to tune in to what the doctors are saying. And and these are Mississippi doctors. The Mississippi physicians are are clear that this is very real and it is it is taking away the lives of too many Mississippians and some by death and then some by just keeping families uh, separated, their loved ones being hospitalized for weeks on end and going through harrowing courses and journeys and, and families not being able to be together. And we can stop this whenever we want to get serious about the way we interact. Well, thank you for what you're doing, Dr. Jennifer Bryan with the Mississippi Medical Association. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. Coming up, with many students learning virtually this year, the Department of Education is working to shrink the digital divide. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Happy Holidays from Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
This is Mississippi Edition. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi school districts are working to shrink the digital divide that has grown more apparent during the coronavirus pandemic. The Mississippi Department of Education used CARES Act funds to purchase devices and equip districts with the resources necessary for virtual learning. State Superintendent Carrie Wright says the money allocated by the legislature has gone a long way. Uh, We developed an initiative uh, around two uh, bills that were passed. Senate Bill 3044 had $150 million in it. Uh, It was basically for computer devices, um, software, PD, etc. We also were able to get a bulk purchasing, which I can tell you, put us at the front of the line. Nationally, there's no other state that procured what we procured, and we did it because we were able to do that in one fell swoop. We also provided, uh, if districts wanted to purchase it um, on their own and not with the bulk, they were able to do that. The legislation uh, provided the criteria, meaning um, they had to have the same requirements uh, the devices did, and it had to be at, um, at a lower cost. The House Bill 1788 uh, really put forward $50 million uh, to really expand Internet um, and connectivity, particularly in our most underserved areas. Districts were allowed to decide what that meant. Did that mean hotspots? Did that mean data plans? Uh, some districts were uh, wanted to um, erect cell towers uh, to expand that. So the districts were allowed to let us know um, exactly what they wanted um, to use that money for. Uh, as long as it was with the, the provisions of the law. Dr. Wright also says the investments have expanded Internet access to students most in need. We were able to close this equity divide. You know, it was very obvious those children that had access to the Internet and those that did not. And I'm just a firm believer that the access to the Internet is a civil right. It should not just be a privilege based on where you live or your zip code. Everybody should have access to the Internet. I said this when I was testifying. Imagine if you did not have use of your phone or use of your laptop, period. How would you manage in the jobs that we have now without that? And now our children are going to be able to have that kind of connectivity as well. Coming up, the Mississippi Lottery celebrates its first year. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Slowly, we started, you know, picking these turtles up and saving them. I'll stop traffic, grab one out of the road. And then our friends found out, and our vet would call us. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We are now a full-fledged, nonprofit turtle rescue. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The new Mississippi lottery began a year ago with excitement and enthusiasm, but less than six months into its inaugural campaign, the pandemic came and sales suffered. Now the lottery is entering its second year with a head full of steam and new games on the horizon. Tom Shaheen, president of the Mississippi Lottery Corporation, tells our Michael Guidry how the lottery rebounded and what players can look forward to in year two. Well, it was very interesting, challenging, um, uh, and I think we were highly successful. 
we returned uh, over over $104 million uh, to the state uh, for roads and bridges. Um, that $104 million, though, was over two fiscal years. So the first fiscal year ended June 30th, and we returned $70.7 million, and that was only for seven months. And in this fiscal year, through October, we've returned uh, another $33.6 million. So it's very successful. We uh, have 1,850 retailers across the state selling the games. Um, the virus has been a challenge, I'll tell you that. Well, that was going to, to be my question. Um, you know, this this kicked off with a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation, and then and then the, the virus came. And I know during those early months, uh, there was a lot of economic insecurity. You know, at first the sales were, you know, holding holding their own, and then they took a bit of a dip for uh, the few months that we closed down. And uh, the state was, you know, pretty much everything was closed down. Our offices were still open, but uh, but a lot of the uh, – we had to pull our sales reps out of the field, and a lot of the retailers were closed. And uh, then it picked up again in June and July, and then now it's starting to uh, to uh, slow down a little bit again. Um, we're not uh, – we're on track to make our budget this year, our, our projected budget for uh, – the return to the state is $91.7 million, and we're uh, beyond uh, a third of the way there already. So we're still in good shape, but is depending on, you know, how many businesses are able to stay open and, you know, and, of course, people are watching their money, and uh, which is a good thing, you know. Um, so I'm guessing that Lottery has a tendency to take a secondary seat, you know, when it comes to times like this, which is fine. We understand that. As you move into the second year of the lottery, are there other plans uh, and strategies in place to ex- expand your mm-hmm. your retailers, expand the games that are offered? Yep, we've got all that in place. We uh, we introduced a game called Cash Three on September first. Uh, our plan was originally to uh, offer that game in May of last year, but then the pandemic. Uh, we couldn't get retailers to come in for training because, you know, either they were closed or they didn't want to leave their stores. So we had to move that to September. We had planned on introducing a five-number game actually this month, but because the three-number game got pushed back, then the five-number game got pushed back. So we will probably have a five-number game out in uh, April of this year. We're also looking in February to launching our first uh, $20 instant game. We get numerous requests through social media and other areas about when are we going to have a $20 ticket because our border states have $20 tickets. So we'll be introducing that first one of that in February and the five-digit game in April. Um, And in uh, next fall, probably uh, around this time, we'll introduce a four-number game. Uh, And we'll continue to... Uh, offer scratch-off tickets. We introduce anywhere from two to four games each month, and we try to keep those fresh because people who play scratch-off tickets, they have a tendency to like newness, and so we try to put something out every month. Mr. Shaheen, is there anything regarding the Mississippi Lottery and um, and the the funds being raised uh, that you think is important to articulate? Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that, you know, of that $104 million dollars, that we have transferred, um, there are, you know, Department of uh, Transportation has over 40 
projects in place using lottery funds right now across the state. And if you go to their website, anybody goes to their website, I believe that they're listed on there, and they identify which projects are spent, uh, which projects are paid for by lottery dollars, and that's pretty good. Tom Shaheen, president of the Mississippi Lottery Corporation, thank you and congratulations on on one year. Oh, well, thank you, appreciate it. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.